one of those aspects of uh, living in our culture is that sense that either comes from the surrounding environment or, or something that you need to really feel in your heart is that question of when does the Christmas season truly begin? Now, besides all the markers that are around us, like you walk into Target and they're already advertising um, for Christmas and then they've got those decorations up, or, or maybe for you, it's, you know, you eat Thanksgiving dinner and then you go stand in line on Black Friday to engage in that great American tradition of competitive consumerism. I think the way that, that for me at least, that I really know that the Christmas season is upon us is I start hearing Christmas music everywhere. And Christmas is remarkable because no other holiday has its own genre of music. Uh, Pastor Matt and I were joking around Halloween in the office about how hard it is to actually have a, a Halloween music playlist. And so uh, Matt actually went on Spotify as we were talking and found the most popular Halloween music playlist. And, and truth be told, there are like maybe 10 legitimate Halloween songs. Uh, you know, there's the, the top three I think we can all agree on. Uh, Michael Jackson's Thriller, uh, The Monster Mash, and, and the Ghostbusters theme song. Those are canon. And then everything else is like the, uh, the theme song or the, uh, the track to a, a, a horror movie. Other holidays... Barely even a song about them. Thanksgiving, can't think of anything for that. Uh, uh, President's Day, nope. Memorial Day, nope. Labor Day, <laughs> not a song. And shockingly for me personally, that, that one of our newest holidays, but one of our most important holidays, no one has, we have yet to have the first great Amazon Prime Day song. <laughs> but someone's going to write it someday, and it just might be me. Because there's something about Christmas, there's just something about Christmas that makes you want to sing. And it wouldn't really be Christmas without Christmas music. And certainly we have our own Christmas favorites, right? The ones that we hear and we love and we hold dear. Along with that, we also have those Christmas songs that we cannot tolerate. And I'm sure as I said that, a few are popping into your mind right now. For me, it's a short but important list. Uh, I refuse under any circumstances to listen to uh, John and Yoko's This is Christmas. It's an abomination. I do have a spa, soft spot in my heart, though, for the other Beatle, Paul's simply having a wonderful Christmas time and that bouncy synth that just takes you through it. Um, under no circumstances can I countenance Mary, did you know? I think the answer to that question is yes. Uh, he was well aware of everything that was going to happen. There is the 1984 Christmas stinker, Do They Know It's Christmas, which was the charity song uh, with Bono singing on it and Boy George and uh, the regrettable lyrics about, uh, you know, there won't be snow in Africa this Christmas and do they know it's Christmas time at all? as if people in Africa are unaware of the calendar and when Christmas is celebrated. And I just today learned of, someone said, oh, you didn't talk about this song. Was it too controversial? And so I was literally not aware of this. For shame on me, if you've already heard of this, something about, there's a song called Christmas Shoes out there, which I had never, ever heard of in my life and listened to it for the first time. And I must say, I think it belongs on the list of, of, um, of, uh, of difficult Christmas songs, to put it nicely. But Christmas songs, Christmas music, sacred and secular, they are just as much 
a part of the season as the snow, the decorations, and the lights. There's something about Christmas that just makes you want to sing. And this is fitting because in the Bible, particularly in the Gospel of Luke, the story of, of Christmas, of Jesus' birth, his arrival, that whole story is surrounded by people breaking out into song. The first two chapters of Luke are, are practically a musical. An angel appears to Zechariah. He's the father. He's going to be the father of John the Baptist, and he's Jesus' relative, and, and he's fulfilling his priestly obligations in the temple. And the angel tells him that his wife, Elizabeth, miraculously, you know, she's past childbearing age, she is going to conceive and bear a son, what, what he and Elizabeth have been praying for for years and years and years. And John doesn't believe it, and so he's struck mute until this child is born. But when John is born, what's the first thing that he does? He starts to sing. And he sings this song saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people. And so Zechariah's song is about God remembering his covenant with his people and God keeping his promises about his son being the one who would prepare the way for God's coming and prepare God's people for that. Because there's something about Christmas that just makes you want to sing. And the angel Gabriel visits Mary, telling her that she would conceive and bear a son who would be called Jesus, which means Savior, because he is going to be the one who saves the people from their sins. And after hearing that, she went and stayed for three months with Elizabeth, her relative. And when Elizabeth saw Mary, John, the baby in her womb, leapt. And when that happened, what did Mary do? She started singing one of the most famous songs in all of Scripture. It's called the Magnificat because that's the Latin word for the first line of her song where she sings, my soul magnifies, magnificat, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. And the great theme of Mary's song is that God is going to come and he's going to turn the world upside down. The poor and the powerless and the hungry, good things are going to happen to them and the rich and the proud, they're not going to have a good time. And so Mary sings of God's care for the least and the lost and, and the left out and the left behind. Because there's something about Christmas that just makes you want to sing. And then we get to the most famous song of all, at least for our purposes, the, the song that the angels sang as the shepherds were keeping watch over their flocks by night. The song that's called the Gloria because it begins with those famous Latin words, probably for most of us, the only Latin that we know, Gloria in excelsis Deo. Glory to God in the highest. And it's a simple, simple, short song. But it speaks, it speaks to these dual realities that are manifested at Jesus' birth, God's glory and human peace. An end of conflict, but, but the coming of healing and of hope and of wholeness. Because the angels know that there's something about Christmas that just makes you want to sing. And then lastly, we get Simeon, an old man who, when he saw the baby Jesus being presented at the temple when he was just a few weeks old, did guess what? He started singing. He burst into song because God had promised him that he wouldn't die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. And so he sings a song praising God for him getting to see God's salvation, a salvation that was for Jew and Gentile alike. 
There's something about Christmas that just makes you want to sing. And these four songs are the great Christmas carols in Scripture. And these songs themselves, they contain the sum total of the gospel of the Christian message, the good news of Jesus Christ. These songs speak of God's commitment to his people and his promises. God's upside-down kingdom, God's glory, and God's peace coming through the birth of this baby whose very name means salvation, a salvation that is for everyone. That's what's so wonderful about the Christian faith, the Christian message, and, and Christian theology, that it can be sung. Want good theology? Want to understand the gospel? All you need to do is learn how to sing a few songs. And you say, well, you haven't heard me sing. I have a terrible voice. Well, the least you can do is learn the lyrics. And here's the truth about Christmas music. It, it, it contains some of the best theology out there. Shoot, all, all, all the theology you need is right there in, in Hark, the Herald Angels Sing. In it is contained the riches of the Christian faith. This question, who is Jesus. And the song says he's Christ, the everlasting Lord, the incarnate deity, offspring of a virgin's womb, the heaven-born prince of peace and son of righteousness. And what did he come to do? What was his mission? Reconcile God and sinners. God and sinners reconciled. And he was born that man no more may die and, and life and light to all he brings and he's risen with healing in his wings. And how did he accomplish that? The song says, mild he lays his glory by, which speaks of the humility of the incarnation, the, the, the God of the universe, the second person of the Trinity entering into human existence in the form of a baby, helpless, totally dependent. And it also speaks to what's coming at the end where Jesus lays aside all glory, earthly and heavenly, on the cross. And how can this new life that Jesus came to bring become our own? In the words of Tim Keller, he said, through an inward spiritual regeneration so radical, it can be called the second birth. So to understand Christmas is to understand Christianity, is to understand the gospel. And so when we sing Christmas carols, we aren't just doing something that feels good or, or fits with tradition or fulfills our need to be nostalgic. We are confessing our belief in the gospel. And we're sharing that message with others. Just like Zechariah, just like Mary, just like the angels, and just like Simeon. Because there's something about Christmas that just makes you have to sing. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Please pray with me.